Welcome back. This is the Only in Miami show. I'm your host, Grant Stern. You can find me on Twitter, at Grant Stern. And I hope you enjoyed our interview with Juan Cuba. It was very enlightening. I think we touched on a lot of subjects that are relevant nationally and locally. And I'd like to welcome our next guest onto the show. He's calling in. Let's bring him in, Toulouse. Hey, Grant. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling into the show tonight. So, I, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, is there anything that stood out? Anything that you'd like to point out to the audience? Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a great interview. Lots of good information. I'm particularly interested in the, uh, in the part about the Medicaid expansion and how this election coming up in November uh, and the governor's race could affect, uh, as Juan said, up to a million Floridians, you know, tens of billions of dollars in federal money. Um, you know, that that's actually 5% of the population in Florida. It's quite a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people. We have, we have one of the highest rates of uninsured uh, in the nation. So uh, the expansion of Medicaid, it was, you know, targeted for states like Florida, where we have a lot of people who are, uh, who are you know, not necessarily below the poverty line, but not high enough above the poverty line where they can afford insurance. Uh, so there were... The, you know, the Affordable Care Act was really targeting people who uh, don't make enough money to get to be able to get their own insurance, but they don't. Right now, they don't earn uh, a low enough income to where the state will, will kick in and help them with Medicaid. Uh, so it will really uh, this race will really impact you know a lot of people. Either you know we'll continue with the status quo and we'll try to find some solutions for those people, or uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Charlie Chris does win. As you mentioned, the state legislature is, is still run by Republicans, so uh, you, you can't sort of by fiat say uh, we're going to expand Medicaid and accept all of this money. You'd have to work with the legislature, maybe you know, threaten to veto some projects. You'd have to figure out exactly how how he'd get the uh, the program to to be approved. Um, but it, it is one of the big, one of the many big issues that are going to be, be decided in November. Well, I'm I'm looking here on on Wikipedia, which which has pretty good you know economic figures and the state gdp was 754 billion dollars in 2012 so what governor scott turned down is 50 million dollars worth of federal funds it's a, right. so that, that that's like a, a huge amount that's you know maybe 8% of gdp i mean that 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 could translate into thousands of jobs do you think that we may see an evolution of thought on the part of uh, Governor Scott as election season comes forward? Yeah, well, the interesting thing is we've already sort of seen an evolution of thought. He's, uh, the governor actually started his campaign for governor four years ago uh, by opposing everything that had to do with the Affordable Care Act. Um, and then at some point after the Supreme Court uh, upheld the law, um, the, the governor actually came out in support of accepting the money. Um, he didn't but he didn't take the money. Right. He didn't campaign for it. He didn't really put too much political capital behind it. But he did say, okay, you know, let's take the money. Uh, and then the legislature said that they were not going to take the money, and the governor didn't really do anything to stop them from, you know, from... Right. So so he program. kind of let it die there so he can say that, you know, he he for, uh, before he uh, accepted the money, he didn't accept the money, and then when he did accept the money, he didn't have to accept the money. Is that? It right. sounds Carrie esque to me. And and the latest uh, is that we we've tried to uh, reporters in Tallahassee have tried to ask 
what, what the latest is on where the governor stands as we get n- near another legislative session. And he won't he won't really take a position now. He's not saying you know that he wants to push it. He's, he's not saying that he's for it or against it. He just sort of dodges that question. So there has already been an evolution, and it'll be interesting to see as we get closer to November whether or not uh, he makes another push or another change or another position on this. Uh, and how Chris uses it in the campaign. It'll be really interesting to watch. So there's two candidates for governor uh, in the Democratic primary. There's Nan Rich and there's Charlie Crist. Um, You know, in brief, tell me your thoughts on first Nan Rich and then Mr. Crist, because I think everybody knows a little more about Mr. Crist. But tell us a little bit about Nan. Yeah, that's a really important point. A lot of times when you hear folks talking about this race, they talk about a former governor going up against the current governor, Chris versus Scott, uh, sort of as if it's a foregone conclusion that uh, Chris is going to win the Democratic nomination. He is favored in the polls, and he does have much more money, but Nana Rich has been in the race for the longest. She has been a steady candidate. Uh, she was a former state senator. She's seen as more liberal. Uh, she led the led the Democrats in the state Senate for, for a while while she was there. Um, she is, uh, you know, very pro-choice, and she's pro, pro-woman, pro and uh, she is one of the more uh, gun control-favoring type lawmakers that we've seen. Uh, so when you, when you sort of look at a, a liberal, uh, when you look for a liberal in the, in the state legislature, Nan Rich sort of fit that profile. Um, and... So do you think that, that her presence in the race may, uh, let's say, let's impact uh, Governor Christ's or former Governor Christ's campaign by bringing issues further to the left of center? Or do you think that he'll stake out his position firmly in the middle and stick to it? Yeah, it's possible. It's a, it's a good question. It, it really will depend on how much traction Nan Rich is able to get as she's been in the race for uh, you know, several months now. Uh, she has not gained a lot of traction. She has not gotten a lot of money. But if she continues to stay in the race and if there are, she has challenged Chris to debates, if they happen to have debates, and if she's able to sort of cash in on his uh, celebrity status and, and his high-profile nature in the race to you know move her candidacy forward, then she could have an impact. Then she could either move him on you know some on some issues to you know issues like gun gun control. Charlie Chris was the governor and. He supported the legislature and and, and, and expanding gun rights, uh, whereas Nan Rich has a very different perspective. So issues like that, if she's able to really uh, heighten her profile and get get some traction, then she could potentially move Chris a bit. But right now, it seems like Chris is solely focused on Scott, and he doesn't really need to worry too much about Nan Rich so long as her poll numbers remain low and her finances remain low. Um, that's that's sort of the state of the race now. Of course, anything can change. And uh, Nan Rich said she's taking it, you know, all the way to the finish line. So it's, as long as she's in the race, she's a factor. Absolutely. So I, I wanted to move on. There's an issue that, that's been going on in Florida, and I, I believe there's still litigation. Uh, it, it was the uh, Florida Fair Districts Amendment, uh, which passed uh, with a 62% vote back in 2010, I believe. Uh, right. can, can you tell us, has that been implemented? Uh, well, it depends, sort of depends on who you who you ask. Uh, the, the, uh, the amendment which was passed, you know, supported by the voters, was basically designed to 
take out a lot of the gerrymandering that uh, that Juan has talked about, where you know lawmakers drew up districts in a way that favored incumbents or favored a certain party, or you know, or, or simply carved up seats into safe seats for everybody involved. We'll we'll right. take two seats for for our, our Republican candidates that are safe. We'll give up one seat that's you know Democrat and. You know, right. that's how we'll carve up. Now, I want to mention uh, there is a website. It is fairdistrictsnow.org, uh, which does have more information. But tell us, has, has this been implemented at all? Because I know it, it, the Secretary of State was fighting it. Um, yeah, there are there are several court battles. This is, thing has been in court for a, for you know a few years running now. Um, and it really depends on who you ask whether or not it's been, it's been implemented. There is still... Um, litigation going on over documents, over how, you know, the Republicans are in charge of the legislature and they were in charge of the process of uh, redrawing the districts. The maps that they that they drew were originally upheld by the courts, uh, so we were able to use those maps in the 2012 elections. Uh, but there are several, several appeals going. There are more court cases. It'll probably be a while before we uh, know what the, what the end result is on the fair districts. But if the question is, are is there still gerrymandering going on in the in the Florida uh, political map? The answer I would say is, is, uh, is of course, uh, it's the same thing that's just happened in uh, several parts of the country, uh, where the politicians draw the maps in a way that, that favor them, favor those who are in power, and um, that's something the fair districts was supposed to at least reduce, if not eliminate, and um, to a certain extent, it it, it, it did work. All right. Yeah, it's it's definitely an important issue. I mean, uh, our our national House of Representatives effectively was gerrymandered. So, you know, it, it, in this state, it's been almost 15 years since there's been a Democratic majority in uh, the the state legislature, and and I think you've seen a lot of uh, a lot of one-sided lawmaking, uh, not the mixed government that most people prefer. Now, I wanted to move on. Um, there was. A very, very widely uh, quoted uh, article in New Yorker uh, where President Obama uh, was speaking to the New Yorker editors and he said that marijuana is no more dangerous than alcohol. Now, there is an amendment that Only has been Miami proposed. Show? Hmm? I got disconnected again. Could you patch me back into Grant? Oh, yes, we're here. We're on the air. You there, Sorry, Toulouse? I'm here. Wonderful. So uh, President Obama said that uh, to him, pot is no more dangerous than alcohol. There is a constitutional amendment that's pending to go on to the 2014 statewide ballot. Uh, do you have any updates on that? Because, uh, you know, there's been challenges about the, the language, and, and it's uncertain whether it's going to see a vote. Medical marijuana debate is uh, is alive and well in Florida. We are... Uh, the folks who were pushing for a ballot amendment have basically said they have the signatures to put this on the 2014 ballot, uh, the question of whether or not to legalize medical marijuana in Florida um, for people who are, are you know, suffering from diseases and, and medical conditions for which medical marijuana could, could uh, relieve their suffering. Um, there, I did a story about this uh, for Bloomberg last week. 
there's a lot of question about how this could affect the other races on the ballot, including the governor's race. Um, it's an issue that in the past and other states have, have increased the, the, youth, uh, the youth vote. Young people are uh, disproportionately in favor of legalizing marijuana and for medical marijuana. And it's one of the things that uh, in other states has, has helped to get young people to come out to vote in elections to where maybe they otherwise wouldn't. Now, in Florida, it's a, there's a big question as to whether this will actually get on the ballot, even if there are enough signatures. The uh, state attorney general, Pam Bondi, and the, uh, the leaders of the legislature, uh, the Republican leaders uh, of the House and Senate, are suing, or not necessarily suing, but mounting a legal challenge in the Supreme Court to uh, try to keep this off the ballot. They say that it's that the, the language is very misleading, and that people will end up maybe voting for something that that's a little bit more liberal and open towards marijuana than what they than what they think they're getting. Um, so that's something that's in the courts. I think the Supreme Court has until April to decide uh, whether or not to allow the language, and if they do allow it. It'll be a hot and heavy campaign to uh, to try to convince voters, 60% of voters, which is the threshold you need in Florida, to try to get that many people to say yes to um, medical marijuana uh, in Florida. Now, the the greatest supporter, and we only have about a minute left, the greatest supporter of this cause is John Morgan, who is Charlie Crist's employer at Morgan & Morgan Law Firm. Uh, do you think that there's any connection? Do you think that this is something that uh, Governor Christ or former Governor Christ might support. Well, uh, yes, Governor Christ uh, has voiced his support for medical marijuana. He says that um, you know it's about compassion. It's an interesting connection that his employer is the uh, the guy bankrolling uh, this campaign, um, John Morgan. I asked John Morgan about this, and he denied. He said that there's no connection between the governor's race and the, the medical marijuana initiative. He says it's sort of just a, a, a charitable type of. Uh, initiative that he's that he's pursuing, uh, but if you ask political consultants and strategists and everyone who's watching this, they see the direct link and they say that this is uh, John Morgan trying to get Charlie Crist into the governor's office and using this medical marijuana initiative as sort of a proxy to help get more votes, uh, especially in midterm elections when you know a lot of Democratic leaning voters tend to stay home. Putting this on the ballot could uh, energize the party. Um, That's exactly. It's very interesting. Thank you for joining us, Toulouse. This is the Only in Miami show, and we'll be right back at the 8 o'clock hour with Janie Satterberg of Sotheby's Realty. This is the Only in Miami show. Thanks for joining us. is a division of Salem Communications, the same great people who bring you this nifty radio station. WZAB Sweetwater, South Florida's only business radio station. 880 AM, The Biz, a division of Salem Communications, on the NASDAQ as SALM.
Welcome back.